But Batman has to have a Robin. Where is that written in stone? There's no more need for there to be a Robin than than there is for a Batman. You don't like the Drake. I hate the Drake. I love the Drake. How could you not like the Drake? Who's the Drake? Who's the Drake? The Drake is good. You like the Drake? I love the Drake. Hello everyone, and welcome to Robin, Everyone Loves the Drake, comic podcast. I'm your host, Rob Myers. This podcast is going to be taking a look at Tim Drake, my favorite Robin. We'll be taking a look at Tim's first appearance in Batman Year 3, that's Batman 436, and working our way through Tim's training all the way to Tim's ongoing Robin series that went 183 issues. So sit back and relax and find out why everyone loves the Drake. Good for them. Love the Drake. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 7 of Robin Everyone Loves the Drake Comic Podcast. I am your host, Rob Myers, and uh, this is an extra special episode of Robin Everyone Loves the Drake, and you'll kind of hear why uh, in just a little bit once we get to the... I'm doing air quotes like you can see them, but the synopsis, and I'll explain more on that later, Uh, but this is is D-Day as far as uh, Tim Drake goes. This is Tim putting on a Robin costume, not his classic costume, but a Robin costume for the very first time. And uh, we have a beautiful cover here that we'll kind of get into in just a little bit. Uh, This episode will be covering uh, basically just one book, Batman 442. It's the fifth and final part of A Lonely Place of Dying. Uh, This issue, this whole entire story just has... uh, a nice, soft, warm place in my heart. And this is, uh, I've said it a million times on this podcast already, and you're going to continue to keep hearing me say it, but this is my Dark Knight Returns. Uh, For all those people that say, you know, for the Dark Knight Returns, this is why they love Batman. This is their Batman. This is the book I say, this is my Robin. This is the book that I will give people and say, if you want to, do you want to know why Batman needs a Robin and how important Robin is to Batman? This is the book that does it, and it does it very, very well. So this is my deserted island reading. Um, if I had to break it down to a single issue that I take, it'll be Batman 442. So if I can't take the trade, um, I will take this one singular issue because this uh, single issue just encapsulates everything perfectly. Uh, Terrence will not be on this particular episode. Uh, the original plan was for Terrence to do this whole uh, series with me, and we got to talking about it. He said, you know, I really think you should do this one on your own. He said, this is a big moment in the you know life of Tim Drake. And he said, you're such a big Tim Drake fan and a Robin fan. He's like, I don't want to hold you back and uh, talking and just gushing all over this issue and, uh, you know, getting your thoughts out. And I think Terrence will be joining me a couple episodes uh, down the road. Um, the other issue that we're going to talk about in very briefly is going to be Batman 443. Um, 
I bought, you know, after this issue came out, you know, I think this was still a bi-monthly uh, comic. So a couple weeks later, I went to the comic book store and picked up uh, 443, thinking, all right. Because on the front of 443, you see a picture of uh, Batman and a uh, pixie boot-wearing Robin. And I just assumed uh, this is what Tim Drake's going to be. Uh, Tim is only in this book for a about a page and a half, I believe. So I'm going to talk about that because it's... It's basically almost like the next morning after the events of A Lonely Place of Dying, so I'm going to kind of include that in with the uh, synopsis again. Uh, But before we get to uh, the synopsis and getting the uh, show underway here, um, I have my first set of uh, emails. Uh, These emails come in the form of comments over on the BatmanUniverse.net uh, once the show gets posted, you can you know comment on it just like you can on the iTunes feed, and you can also email me uh, at r that's r as in Robin one zero m y e r s at yahoo dot com. I'm thinking of changing the email address. That's uh, just a generic email address that I have, so I may do one for the podcast uh, later on. But for right now, that's how you can get a hold of me. But uh, there are a couple emails here, or comments I'd like to read. Uh, one of them, which is anybody that listens to the Bat Fans Without Pants podcast that I'm kind of off and on, and Terrence and I were both on that at one point. We have, uh, I guess, a returning emailer. This is his first time emailing into us, so we'll have one from Alex. But the very first comment that I've uh, received uh, on the podcast, uh, there's been a couple other ones, but uh, the other ones have been like, hey, good show. But this is the first one that I can actually kind of read here dear friend i like to start my notes to you as if we're already in the middle of a conversation i pretend that we're the oldest and dearest friends as opposed to what we actually are people who don't know each other's names and met in a chat room where we both claimed we'd never been before all right our first uh, email slash comment is from terry another great episode rob so glad the itunes feed is set up too Tim Drake has always been my favorite Robin, and I love hearing you guys talk about these introductory issues for Tim. I also wanted to point out, though, that the TBU has a special podcast, Reviewing Gotham by Gaslight. It's a great story where they have great discussion about it. Keep up the good work. I'm in it for the long haul until you finish Tim's whole run exclamation point. Uh, Thank you, Terry, for the comment. Uh, That's really cool to know that people are enjoying this, and I'm a trying to get them out on a timely basis, but you know, every once in a while life gets in the way. So um, just bear with me for a little bit as I kind of power through some of these. Um, I'm hoping to go through this for the long haul as long and as far as I can. I would love to think uh, I'm going to go through all 183 issues and even get into the Red Robin series. So I do have some holes here and there in my collection. I may be missing five or six books here, maybe seven or eight here, maybe 15 here. Um, I told myself when I first started buying comics, once Tim got his own series, that I was going to get every single issue. And, you know, sometimes things change in life and your priorities kind of change. So now I'm able to go back and pick up some of these issues, but I'm glad I have, you know, a big, huge uh consecutive run for quite a while until I'm uh, have some holes but while I'm doing uh, some of these uh, introductory uh, episodes if you will it's allowing me to go back and pick up some of the um, holes in my uh, comic or my comic collection for Tim Drake um, yeah the TBU 
uh, Gotham by Gaslight special is really cool. Um, I had completely forgot that they had done one, so I went back and uh, listened to it. It's really cool if you haven't got a chance to listen uh, to that. It's They have, like he said, a great discussion. And not only that, but all of the podcasts that are on uh, the BatmanUniverse.net. Uh, you're home for all things Batman and Robin <laughs> and Batgirl, and the list goes on and on. Uh, but thanks, Terry. I uh, hope you've been enjoying it up to this point, and uh, I'm going to continue to keep forging ahead. Um, our other comment is from Alex, and uh, he just wrote some really good emails uh, to us when I was on the Bat Fans, and I'm still kind of, sort of am on there, more of like a, a guest now. But uh, Terrence and I, I, like I said, have both been on that podcast before uh, for you know quite a while. And uh, Alex was always writing in these really cool emails. So it's uh, great, Alex, if you're uh, listening tonight or today, whenever you're listening to this, uh, that it's good to see your words on paper or at least on the screen again. So Alex says here, great episode, guys. Uh, I listened to the last couple and I'm now starting from the beginning. I agree that this story stands up to anything in the new 52 and I enjoy it so f- so far more. <laughs> uh, I, I like the current... Uh, Batman title more for Capullo's art than the writing. It's been enjoyable. It hasn't been enjoyable enjoyable for me. There's some hard words there. (laughs) Since the Court of Owls, and I do not like Snyder's Batman. It's too dark and cynical for me. I've been going through a bunch of older stories that I have never read before, and I just love them. It's awesome hearing your passions for these stories, and I love being a big Tim Drake fan. It's also cool to listen to those that had uh, similar emotions while reading these issues. I can't wait for you to get to Nightfall. Uh, I got the last two Teen Titans omnibuses or omnibies, omnibies. I never know how to say that word. <laughs> uh, and I have uh, all the issues. I have the issues that precede them. It's one of my favorite comic book runs, and I would highly recommend it to anyone. Um, Alex, I too cannot wait till we get to uh, Nightfall. Um, I won't be covering Nightfall in its entirety. I'm going to be just basically diving into where Tim is and then kind of talking how the events of Nightfall impact uh, Tim Drake. Uh, Alex does have a little bit of a follow-up after that. It says, sorry, I wanted to clarify. I like Snyder's stories, and I'm liking Zero Year. His character... Uh, his characterization of Batman, I'm not the biggest fan of, but I view him as if he's a different. <laughs> I view him as if he were a different character, and I like him. So uh, I'm kind of on the other side. I do like what Scott Snyder is doing in the New Fifty Two. I've been a fan of the Batman comic in the New Fifty Two all the way up, you know, uh, currently even right now, and the Batman Eternal title. I'm really liking that as well. Um, but you're also looking at it. From a at least from Tim Drake's point of view, this is Tim Drake's uh, 25th anniversary. August was actually his uh, 25th, you know, birthday, as it were. So you know, Batman has gone through a lot of writers, and it, even Tim. So the voice of the character is going to be, you know, just a little bit. And uh, I agree, there's probably a little too much darkness in comics. I'd like to see some things, you know, brightened up a bit. I'm not talking Batman and Robin brightened up, but just enough to just put a little bit of extra fun back in some of them. I don't think we need whole giant arcs that, you know, this story is going to shake the character to the ground. I'd rather you just get back to telling maybe some good single issues and have a one issue. It's like, well, that was just a great issue to read front to back or maybe not a 
25 uh, issue arc of a, a whole entire story. That being said, you know, I, again, I do like uh, Snyder's run, but, you know, going 25 years into the past, like we are with this podcast, and, and we'll be looking at some other writers throughout the whole series, even with Wolfman and Perez, what they did, and uh, the great Chuck Dixon on the Robin title. It's It does add a little bit of fondness and go, gee, I, I really kind of miss this era of comics, and I wish you know, our current age in the new 52 did have some of these hallmarks of our previous, you know, universe, at least in kind of the storytelling. But thank you, Alex, for uh, sending that uh, email. And it's good to hear from you again, sir. So uh, keep the emails coming. And and anybody else that wants to uh, send an email, send it to r, that's r's and robin, one zero, M-Y-E-R-S at yahoo.com. Um, at some point, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a proper email for the podcast. Uh, but for right now, that's just the email that I'm currently using. So I would love to hear your comments. Uh, you can go to the Batman Universe and leave a comment there, and I'll read them on air as I did for uh, Terry and Alex both. And then on iTunes, you can leave comments and subscribe to the podcast and then check out all the other podcasts that are on the BatmanUniverse.net. And we would uh, greatly thank you for any podcast that you're listening to, to uh, rate, comment, and subscribe and leave a little comment. So uh, I know all the other podcasters out there enjoy reading uh, comments and it's kind of nice to know what we're doing is kind of a... Uh, getting out there to other people. So uh, without further ado, that's going to be it for the emails and comments that I have for this particular issue. And if you want to uh, get yours right on air, like I said, check out uh, the email address or go to the batmanuniverse.net. You can leave your comment there and I'll read it on the next episode. So this will be the time where we're going to go in to Batman 442, A Lonely Place of Dying, Part Five of five, uh, and the conclusion of a lonely place of dying, and uh, my favorite favorite story from Batman, and then probably one of my favorite single issues of the Batman and uh, Tim Drake uh, run here. There's quite a few that I'll probably say that a lot. This is my favorite issue. Somebody's going to say, Rob, on episode seven, you said 442 was. Yeah, well, (laughs) you're going to have that. So without further ado, let's get into episode number seven. And more importantly, the final piece of the puzzle for Batman, A Lonely Place of Dying. Welcome to the show. Batman, A Lonely Place of Dying, Issue 442, 
Chapter 5 Rebirth Marv Wolfman is the writer, George Perez co-plotter, Dan Rapsler associate editor, Jim Aparo pencilers, Mike DiCarlo inker, John Costanza is the letter. I'm going to keep doing Costanza. I just love it. Adrian Roy is the colorist. Denny O'Neill is the editor. Batman created by Bob Kane and Bill Finger. Down below in the Batcave underneath Wayne Manor, Tim Drake begins to speak to Alfred. Alfred, it's almost two in the morning. We should have heard from them by now. Something's happened. What do we do? Master Timothy, we wait as we always do, patiently. Alfred Pennyworth looks at Tim. Tim continues to stare at the Robin costume that is now removed from the trophy case and is laying on the table in front of him. But you know, he and Dick have gone after Two-Face. You know the danger. How can you just put it out of your mind? It's never out of my thoughts. Never. It consumes me. I spend each night fearing the worst and praying for that feeling of relief when I see Master Bruce returns, no matter his condition. Timothy, if you dwell on the worst-case scenarios, you can worry yourself into an early grave. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry, but this is so new to me. Maybe someday I can figure out how to do what you do. But right now, we know where he and Dick are, and I keep thinking they're in trouble. I've got to do something. Tim picks up the Robin costume from the table and holds it in front of him. Alfred begins to shake his head, worrying. Tim, don't. You know what happened to Jason. Of course I do. But it's like I said to Dick. Batman needs help. Batman needs Robin. Inside what's left of their house that was detonated by Two-Faced, lie an unconscious Nightwing and a Batman holding on to consciousness, trying to lift the broken timbers off he and Nightwing. Two-Faced stands as a shadowy figure in what's left of the doorway. Don't wait. Quit stalling. Kill them while you have the chance. The voice. Is it coming from behind him or inside his head? He wonders. Urges him to detonate the explosives and be done with it. Shut up! I know what to do. But there are priorities and procedures. Batman struggles to lift the debris off he and Nightwing. Without procedures, there is anarchy. Systems fall apart. I was a lawyer long ago, Two-Face says. Long enough to know these things cannot be left to chance as he flips the coin and it lands in his hand. Uh, a half-unconscious Nightwing groans. Wake up, I need you, Batman moans as he's trying to lift the heavy timber off of he and Nightwing's chest. You see, follow procedures and it all works out. It's almost 2 a.m. Now they can die. Speeding down the streets of Gotham City in a limousine from Wayne Manor sits Tim Drake in the back with Alfred behind the wheel. Alfred says to Tim, this is wrong. We shouldn't be doing this. Alfred, you have to, Tim explains. Since that night at the circus, when I first saw him swoop down from this darkness, from that point, Dick joined him. Batman and Robin have meant everything to me. I followed them both. I know them so well. I knew when Dick left to become Nightwing. I knew when Jason became Robin. And I knew when Jason died. I saw how Batman changed without there being a Robin to care about. Look, I never wanted this for myself but I wanted Batman and Robin back together the way they should be. And if Dick won't be Robin again, someone else has to. As Tim holds the Robin mask up to his eyes, the pupils disappear and the white behind the green mask lights up. Two-Face stands in front of the house with a detonator in his hand. This was a beautiful house. 
My grandfather began construction on it in 1899 and completed it 20 months later, two years bridging two centuries. I hate destroying anything symmetrical, but I have no choice. The rules must be followed. To refuse invites destruction of everything I hold dear, and with the flip of a switch, the building implodes on itself. No! Two-Face, if Batman and Nightwing are dead, Robin is going to make you pay. Tim Drake, dressed as Robin, lunges towards Two-Face and lands a blow to Two-Face's jaw. I was wondering when the little brat would show his cherubic face. You've been hiding for months now. Get detention? Have to stay after school? Two-Face grabs a brick from the debris and smashes it into Tim's face. You know there were rumors about you, rumors that you bought the farm. But I knew better. If you were going to die, I'd be your killer. Two-Face grabs rebar from the ground and holds it up over Robin. Just as I'm the one who's finally murdered Batman. Alfred looks in horror as Two-Face brings the bar down upon the young would-be hero. But just in the nick of time, Robin rolls out of the way. Life is ever, but there's something different about you. Where's the quips, kid? You're always spotting those awful jokes. Lost your sense of humor? Alfred races up behind Two-Face to try and catch him before he brings down the bar on the young would-be boy wonder. Tim, lying on the ground of rubble, grabs a hold of a brick as Two-Face brings the bar down. Two-Face, don't! He's just a boy! The brick shatters in Tim's hands. That's his problem, old man. No, there's been enough death. Get off me, you old fool! Two-Face struggles and elbows Alfred to the ground. Alfred! Robin screams as Two-Face begins to run away. Are you all right? My stomach will ache a bit, but I believe I will survive. I was worried for you. So was I. I've worked out and practiced half my life, studied karate, but I still didn't know if I could really hold my own. And I still don't know what I would have done without you. Huh? You found something? Some sort of boarded up window or something. It's a coal chute. Years ago, furnaces were heated by coal. Trucks would deliver it each month and send it through the coal chute to a basement coal bin. Great! There's a way inside. I don't know if they're alive or not, but Batman and Nightwing are down there. I've got to find them. Robin starts to kick in the panel to the coal chute. Be careful, Tim. I will. Two-Face leaves. Just keep an eye on Two-Face. So narrow, Bruce and Dick could have never gotten through this. As Robin climbs through the debris, he thinks to himself, Please be alive. Be well. I convinced Dick to help Batman. If anything's happened to him because of me... No, Bruce is alive. Dick's alive. They can't die. Batman! Nightwing! Can you hear me? <coughs> Here! Under a pile of debris, Robin comes up to a large, huge set of timbers and crossbeams covered in rubble. Batman! Where? <coughs> Under crossbeams. Are you alright? Can't move. Pinned. And I can't move the beams without the rocks falling on you. Just lie there. I'll have to clear the beams before I can get to you. Two-Face. <coughs> Where is he? I left him with Alfred. The police should be coming. Police? Who are you? Uh, Robin. Uh, for now, just call me Robin. As Tim pushes one last time with his feet to remove the large boulder. I've got the rocks off the beam. Batman, how are you doing? Batman! Batman! Uh, uh, 
Tim lifts the beam that's blocking Batman and Nightwing. Huh! I did it! I did it! Can you move? Batman slowly rises and brings a limping Nightwing out underneath his arms. I don't know who you are, but you're not Robin. There is no more Robin. Batman, I only wanted to help. I care about you. I care about Robin. Bruce, listen to me. What did you say? I know you're Bruce Wayne, Nightwing's really Dick Grayson, and I know what happened to Jason Todd. Batman turns around, staring at the young Robin. Batman, Nightwing, and Tim Drake dressed as Robin finally make it out back to the surface to see Alfred. Sir, thank heavens Timothy freed you. Sir, you should have seen him confront Two-Face. You would have been so proud. Nightwing finally speaks. His instincts for detective work are astonishing. Alfred also chimes in, and his aerobatic skills are quite remarkable. He's almost as brilliant as Master Dick was. What are you trying to do? One boy died wearing that costume. I'm not taking that risk a third time. I never thought of becoming Robin, Tim says. But with you training me, I can do it. Batman has to have a Robin. Where is it written in stone? There's no more need for there to be a Robin than there is a Batman, Alfred replies. Batman... It's hard for me to say this to you, but since Jason died, everyone's noticed how you've changed. You need someone to make you slow down just a bit and wonder what could happen. I mean, how many times have you been hurt these past months? So for my sake, I should put some child in danger? No, that's not it. This isn't a discussion. Then if not for you, then for the criminals you hunt down. You want them to think they can get away with murder? Batman, if they can kill someone like Robin, who are they going to hunt down next? Tim asks the Dark Knight detective. I don't know why you decided to wear that costume, but it makes you a symbol. As Robin was a symbol. Or Superman, or Nightwing, or the policeman who wears his uniform. Nightwing and Alfred begin to smile, listening to Tim talk to Bruce. This isn't just a symbol of the law, it's a symbol of justice. When one policeman is killed, others take his place. Justice can't be stopped. And Batman needs a Robin, no matter what he thinks. The boy should be a politician, Alfred says. Huh, he'd do more good with Bruce. What I do is dangerous. I know, and that's exactly why you need me. I've no interest in discussing this. Not while Harvey is still free. We tracked him here to his home, but we don't know where he's gone to, Nightwing says. Dick, I know where we can find him, Tim replies. I slipped a tracking disc on him while we were fighting. We can just follow his signal. Batman reaches for the tracker in Tim's hand. And as a reward, you insist on coming with us? No, I'd never do that. I want to help, not hold you back. But I'd like to come and learn from you, Tim replies. All right, we'll discuss your future later. When we get there, stay out of the way. As the Batmobile races to find Two-Face... Batman, Nightwing, and Tim Drake, Robin, think to themselves silently. Even if he's right, I don't want another partner. Bruce, for once, think with your heart, not logic, Nightwing thinks. He doesn't want me, but he hasn't said no, so just do your best. And I'm assuming in this car in the bottom of the panel in 16 is Alfred, so I'm going to do it in Alfred's voice. One way or another, the rest will take care of itself. 
the Batmobile arrives at Gemini Junkyard, Automotive's wreckage specialist. He found me already. I haven't been here two hours. That man's a deep... No, calm down, calm down. I can still make this work. You've led me this far. What do I do now? Speak to me! Don't abandon me! Speak to me! Sports next on WGN, Gotham's only 24-hour all-news station. The radio begins to broadcast. Batman and Nightwing hop out of the Batmobile. Batman turns to look at Tim. Stay in the Batmobile. Nightwing and I will take care of Two-Face. Okay, no problem. Just be careful. Just then, a huge wrecking ball comes in. Uh, Rob? Yeah, I'm not sure what happened there, so let's just keep going. Batman, watch out! Batman tucks and rolls just in the nick of time as the wrecking ball sails over his head, but it hits a tall stack of mangled automotives and the automotives come crashing down on top of the Batmobile. No! Tim! My God. I knew I shouldn't have... Batman! Tim, how? Nightwing exclaims. When I saw the ball, I jumped out the other door, under the Batmobile. It was the only thing I could think of, Tim says, smiling, looking up at Batman and Nightwing. I'm sorry I couldn't have warned you. Don't be. You saved us, and yourselves. Batman starts to run towards the crane holding the wrecking ball, with Tim Drake Robin right behind him. When Batman and Robin reach the crane, they notice that Two-Face is not inside the crane, but they see that Nightwing is. Batman, up here! Two-Face is gone! He hasn't left. He's here someplace. Batman turns over his shoulder and says to Tim, Stay with me. Don't wander. Just then a bulldozer crashes into the side of the crane with Nightwing inside. It's Two-Face. Nightwing! Batman shouts. Though I preferred it when I had to deal with just the two of you, I'll gladly take one more for good luck. As Two-Face slams into Nightwing's compartment one more time. Nightwing jumps out of the compartment just in the nick of time as Two-Face comes crashing down into it again. My good luck, not yours. As Two-Face slammed into the crane one last time with Nightwing leaping out, it caused the wrecking ball to swing over the heads of Batman and Robin. Batman, what do we do? Back off. Get out of the way, Batman shouts back to Tim. Nightwing quickly leaps to a stack of cars and then on top of the swinging wrecking ball. It's up to me. I'm the only one with maneuvering room. As the wrecking ball swings closer to Two-Face, Nightwing lands a punch right in Two-Face's jaw. No! Get away from me! Two-Face says as he falls to the ground. Give it up, Harvey! Nightwing shouts. There's no place for you to go! While Two-Face is laying on the ground, he grabs a busted headlight and slams it into Nightwing's face. My coin will determine your fate! Two-Face flips the coin. It begins to spin in the air and comes down, just as Batman's hand reaches out for the coin. No, Harvey. It's your mistake. Don't you know you can't kill Batman and Nightwing? As Batman lands a punch to Two-Face's jaw with the coin still in his hand. Or Robin! Tim shouts. Batman leans over and lifts Nightwing up off the ground as Tim ties Two-Face's hands behind his back. Or Robin, Batman says. Later that night in Wayne Manor, Bruce, Alfred, Dick, and Tim talk about what happened just a few hours earlier. We did it. I didn't know what it would feel like, but it's better than I could have imagined. Mr. Wayne, even if you don't want me to be the new Robin, this has been the greatest day of my life. Bruce, you have to admit, he was good, Dick says, smiling. 
Alfred too chimes in on the situation. And from what Master Richard says, he follows your orders. I don't want a partner. It's as simple as that. After all you've gone through, Tim says, I understand. It's still been wonderful. Tim, I said it was as simple as that, and I wish it were. Unfortunately, I'm not sure it is, Bruce says. First, you know my identity. I wouldn't say anything. I know, but that is a consideration. But it's what you said earlier. Bruce turns to look out the window. I created Batman to project an image. It succeeded. To be effective, the symbol has to be greater than reality. Batman and Robin. Maybe they have to be a team. Though sometimes I think I may have created a Frankenstein. You mean it? I'm in? I could be the new Robin? Whoa, I still don't know anything about you. And I'm not making any commitments. I want to take this one day at a time. But if you're willing to try, we'll try. Tim stands proudly in front of Bruce, Alfred, and Dick. Thanks, Mr. Wayne. Uh, Bruce, I'll try to earn your trust. The radio that was talking to Two-Face begins to speak again. (laughs) Dent, you're such a fool. You were hiding out safe and sound. Your ridiculous coin told you to give up crime forever. And you would have, too, if it hadn't found you. Oh, I knew you could never kill bats. But you could keep him busy while I mended from my last encounter with him. It's so good knowing that I could control things, even from my hospital bed. What a shame. He's got a new brat, though. Still, easy come, easy go. (laughs) Okay, here's the little blurb from uh, Batman 443. Uh, This is starting a new arc, which we won't be covering. Uh, This is uh, the coming of the crime smith. It's all the same uh, writing team as the last issue. Uh, but it does have a about a page and a half of Tim and Bruce talking that I think still we can kind of uh, put an extra little uh, bit for the story right here. So we'll kind of get into this. Inside Wayne Manor, Bruce and Tim sit in front of the fireplace talking. The idea is to always minimize danger for any civilians in the area as well as yourself. Don't let anyone see you unless you want them to. So when do I get to go out as Robin again? You don't. Not for a long time. But I proved... You proved you have the markings of a good partner. That's not the same as being one. Sir, it's time for Master Timothy to return to his school's dormitory. Bruce walks Alfred and Tim to the car. You're a novice. In a kindergarten, as far as I'm concerned. But how long will it be before I'm ready? I'm not making any mistakes this time, Bruce says. You'll be ready when I say you're ready. Alfred will continue with your training next weekend. Alfred, Tim says, what about you? When Alfred feels you're ready for me, then your real work will begin, Bruce says. Or you can just forget the whole thing if you wish. No, Tim says. Being Robin means so much to me. Whatever it takes, I'll do it. Alfred and Tim drive away. Bruce thinks to himself, he's got the makings of a good partner. What do I need a partner for? This can be ended right now before the boy is hurt like... Like Jason, Bruce walks back into Wayne Manor in front of the fireplace. The warmth of the fireplace suddenly reminds him how cold it has become. And that'll be the end of 443.
Come on, Robin. To the Batcave. We haven't one moment to lose. All right. I hope you stayed through that whole thing. Uh, I did something similar on my YouTube channel. If you can look me up on Rob's Rogues, I also do uh, merchandise for the uh, Batman Universe dot uh, net uh, that you probably see uh, every now and then, which I'm going to have more of those like action figures and things like that. Uh, to kind of start the podcast, I did one for my YouTube subscribers. So if you uh, look me up on YouTube under Rob's Rogues, uh, it's one of the latter videos. It's probably been a few months now that I've done this podcast. So you may have to go back just a few videos, but it's a Fisher Price story that I did called uh, "The Case of the Laughing Sphinx," and I did it as an audio drama. I did all full voices and all that type of stuff. So I kind of wanted to do that again for this. Um, hopefully, you were okay with that me reading the comic and uh, have the music score. Although as I'm recording this right now, I haven't edited uh, all the music and all that stuff in there yet. So I don't think there'll be any sound effects. Uh, that would just be one more piece of the puzzle putting. Uh, in together. But this was just a, a big, big issue again for me. Uh, seeing the beautiful George Perez cover here, seeing uh, Tim in the Robin costume flying uh, towards us with the bat symbol or the bat signal, as it were. And uh, the only thing I think is kind of cheesy in this is uh, DC Comics aren't just for kids. I think that should have been taken off. Uh, it, it looks kind of cheesy on there. Uh, but I love the silhouettes down below of Alfred Nightwing and Batman, uh, where you can see just the white of Alfred's uh, uh, tuxedo and then the yellow for Nightwing's outfit. And, of course, the yellow and black oval for Batman. But I love the way... Uh, George Perez drew the cape on Batman, just kind of billowing out and almost looks like it's rising from the ground. So very cool. Uh, this was $1 back in a good old uh, 1989. Can you believe that? 1989. Tim Drake is officially 25 years old. Well, not quite, not till August, till, uh, you know, when uh, year three came out. I think they actually more credit uh, Lonely Place of Dying as his 25th anniversary since he actually technically technically gets more quote-unquote screen time here. Um, I'm looking at the uh, actual issue here in my hand. I read it from the trade, and most of this, uh, I've always been reading the trade off and on, uh, but doing this podcast, this is the first that I've had uh, these five issues out of their bag and board since the time I put them in. I think I've rebagged and boarded them since, so I think I've only had them out maybe once or twice. So just going through this issue here, uh, this is, uh, since I've only read the trade in the last, you know, 20 some odd years, looking at the colors, uh, the colors are, are a little funky in places, at least in the actual newsstand issue. Uh, the colors and everything is just a little bit better in the trade. I would like to get the Death of the Family, Lonely Place of Dying uh, trade where both of those are in there. Those are on the nice glossy paper and they really got the colors right and everything. So, uh, But that's neither here nor there. We're looking at this issue. Uh, I love... Uh, seeing uh, Tim look in the, this very first page at the Robin costume, almost as if it's uh, speaking to him. I guess that's probably my you know, 13 or 14-year-old mind here, kind of <laughs> looking at this, almost like the costume is going, put me on, wear me. <laughs> I'm probably the only one that thinks like that. But just the way uh, Aparo uh, drew this, 
Um, which I really think is kind of cool that George Perez is, you know, a co-plotter in this, but Aparo, uh, drew this, uh, the, at least the Batman arcs uh, where Perez did the teen Titan, uh, run or the new Titan. See, I keep saying that wrong, but you know what I mean? Um, I've said this before, but uh, Aparo, I think, is my Batman. Uh, that's when I think of uh, Batman. I love Greg Capullo, but when I think of when I first started reading Batman, it's it's uh, Aparo. And I really haven't said too much uh, recently uh, about that in these last few episodes dealing with A Lonely Place of Dying. Uh, but uh, Death in the Family and then this. Uh, it's kind of weird that he wasn't in for year three. I would have liked him to. But I was glad he's in for this story where, you know, he's kind of drawing both, you know, Robins. Um, I, I like in the second panel on uh, page two where uh, Alfred is holding on uh, to the costume in the uh, two panels here. Now, I don't think I'm imagining this at all, but the way Aparo draws Alfred here is just really kind of sweet is the only thing I can really uh, say about it. The way he is holding the Robin costume you could see he just has this gentle touch. I know this is really kind of silly, but it goes to the character of Alfred of how much he cares or and cares for the Robin characters, the partners, the the young boys that are fighting alongside of Bruce. That you know Jason's death was very tragic, and the first real tragic thing that has happened to Batman. That you know everybody talks about the loss that Bruce suffered. Uh, when Jason died, I would go as far as to argue, I think Alfred suffered that loss maybe even more as much as he worries about Batman going out. And then, of course, once Dick comes along and Jason to know that Jason was such a a hard egg to crack, no pun intended, egg Robin, uh, that... His greatest fear is like, you know, Bruce always returns and now Bruce has the these sidekicks or these young boys or young men fighting alongside of him. I would think that Alfred would worry even more about them and think that, okay, Bruce can handle himself uh, very well in a fight, but I, I hope Jason could. I hope Dick could. I hope Tim can. And just the way that he's holding that costume, it it's... This is personal to him, too. And to hear Tim go through the same uh, probably speeches that Dick and Jason did about wanting to do it, the the fear of, like, you know, we just lost somebody. And, you know, here's another boy that is seeing the glitz and the glamour and is wanting to do it again. And you could kind of... Uh, the way that uh, Wolfman wrote this is just as beautiful as Alfred's you know, concerned for what Tim is doing and, and doesn't want him to do it. Um, it's, that, that just really moved me. I'm probably reading too much into that, but uh, this book means uh, that much to me. So I'm going to read it how I want to. <laughs> you know, the bottom of page uh, four here, uh, where we have a very blue Batman, uh, uh, always bothered me. Uh, it, it bothers me when a colorist colors something wrong sometimes it takes me out of the uh, comic a little bit that i always go well can't you tell the batman's supposed to be gray so i'm sure there was a problem somewhere but to, to me that's that's blatant or where they mistakenly color the bat yellow and then the oval black you know you see that from time to time once in a while 
sometimes more in cartoons where they're painting cells, but it's, it's such an iconic thing that when I see it painted wrong or colored wrong, it, it again, it, it's probably just me. So we'll, we'll continue to go through, uh, one of my favorite things, uh, in comics about Batman are Batman and Robin and Nightwing's eyes. Although Nightwing's eyes, uh, for at least in this time period, we see his pupils, and I, I'm, I'm not a fan of seeing the pupils on Batman and Robin. But one of my favorite images here on the uh, on the next page is Tim holding the mask uh, and looking at it. And once he places it, uh, you know his pupils disappear, and you just see the whites of the mask. Uh, that that was just a cool moment for me. Like th- this is where he's you know transforming and becoming a hero. So. Uh, Again, <laughs> I'm going to be oozing and gushing all over this book again with the uh, love and affinity I have for this. Uh, the way Aparo draws uh, Robin here uh, coming after Two-Face is just fantastic. I love this pose. If there was a poster out there, I, I would take this in a heartbeat. Um, I haven't mentioned this before, but Tim's early design here, uh, Tim has a little bit of the Superman, you know, not ass curl, but the little bit of hair sticking uh, down. You know, Jason had the two like little cowlicks on either side, and Tim had or Dick had the comb over. So we got to do something different with Tim's hair. So give him a little bit of like a curl or something coming down. Of course, later we know that Tim gets kind of the spiked hair uh, version, which you know I always really kind of liked. Um, it's. Uh, Kind of chilling to see uh, Two-Face as he's fighting Robin here. Uh, he's not really holding a crowbar, but its uh, I think it's harkening back to another one of those things that uh, there's a crowbar-esque type of thing that Two-Face has that he is swinging at a Robin. Of course, they make mention that, you know, well, he's been gone a while. Where is he at? I heard you bought the farm. So uh, word has kind of gotten out that nobody has seen Robin. Maybe... Uh, the Joker did, in fact, kill him like he was bragging and saying that he uh, had. I'm sure that the Joker w- would be the type like, well, the building blew up and I sure beat the tar out of him with a crowbar. Um, and again, I think that fear of Alfred seeing him here where Two-Face is, you know, uh, bringing this AKA crowbar, or this rebar with a nail in it down towards Tim. Uh, nobody knows any type of training or you know, anything that would be like me putting on a fireman's helmet and and jacket and running into a fire. It's like, well, I watched a a fireman on TV. I can do this job. You know, who, who knows what Tim's training is. And as it kind of goes, Tim said he has been taking karate and been doing some things here and there because he was inspired by Batman and Nightwing. So, uh, Tim could at least kind of sort of hold his own. Doesn't have any real big training, but, uh, at least with the help of Alfred, he can kind of get out of the uh, sticky situation. As we move further into the book, uh, I'm I'm loving here on uh, 11 where everything is in blue and like purple. I'll almost call it grayscale, where we're down into the lower parts of the house, and Tim is, uh, you know, pushing the boulders away, and they really got. Tim's legs uh, beefed up here. Um, I'm glad uh, eventually Tim will get a more proper and appropriate costume for Robin. Um, you know, I was always a fan of, you know, that Robin's look. But once I saw Tim with his long green pants uh, later on, which we will eventually get to, uh, 
that's where I was like, yeah, that that looks like a modern Robin that should be fighting alongside of Batman. I used to think that, you know, when it was raining and snowing, it's like, well, wouldn't Robin have pants that he could wear instead of being in little short shorts all the time? Well, Batman has this, you know, XE cold suit. Um, okay, so I played Batman Arkham Origins recently, so yeah, that's why I said XE suit. But, you know, this cold suit and like, how are you doing over there, Robin? Robin, oh, I'm wearing pixie boots and short shorts. How do you think I'm doing? So, okay, I digress. Um, and uh, the dialogue, this is this is the part in the book where I say if you know somebody doesn't want to read The Whole Lonely Place of Dying for me to say this is why Batman needs a Robin, although I think you should, it's this issue and it's in this page and 12 and 13, um, actually more uh, a actually 13 and 14, the discussion that they have of why Batman needs a Robin and the correlation to when a police officer dies in the line of duty, somebody else comes in, picks up that shield. Maybe they don't get that shield, but the uniform is worn. It's, you know, kind of going back to the Dark Knight Rises, a hero can be anybody. <laughs> you know, a, a Robin could be anybody, but the symbol has to be maintained. And uh, Tim does it so beautifully. And uh, Not even Tim. Marv Wolfman does it so beautifully of saying all the reasons why Batman needs a Robin. Robin is there to make Batman realize who he's fighting for. The eight-year-old boy in Batman said, I'm going to fight crime because of what happened to me, so no other child has to go through what I had to go through losing both my parents. And like we said clear back in episode one and two, that Dick losing his parents just solidified what Batman was doing and probably even felt uh, guilty. Like the one night I wasn't Batman, this boy lost his parents. So Robin becomes a place marker for Batman that he has somebody to talk to and train to you know keep the war on crime going, but has... That person to look at when things are getting rough to go and look over his shoulder and say, that's the person I'm fighting for. That's the real thing. This is what's keeping me grounded. I can't just go full steam ahead and beat the tar out of everybody to get the answers, even though Batman does. It's it's the training aspect. It's this is the person whom I'm trying to teach the right things to do. It's, it's the father, son, it's the knight and squire. This is who you're fighting for. It's the constant reminder. And without that barometer beside him, Batman kind of becomes this wrecking ball. No, another Miley Cyrus song won't, (laughs) won't play, but it's almost this unstoppable force that I think a lot of people like to have, you know, Batman by himself where he's dark and brooding, but I think Batman works better when he has that person to bounce ideas off of and clues off of and has that notion of like, this is real. You can kind of get lost if you're, you know, in a room like I am right now talking to myself on the computer, uh, you know, having Terrence, you know, to be able to keep the conversation grounded as it were, or again, uh, just to have that social and almost spiritual barometer beside him that, you know, this is real. The life that you, the lives that you're saving is the life that's right next to you. So 
yeah, like I said, uh, I love this issue very, very much. Uh, something I always thought was uh, really funny, that in all these places in Gotham, where is Two-Face going once he left uh, Dick and Alfred back at the house uh, that was all destroyed? Um, Tim put a tracker on, very, you know detective working done by Tim and very probably sleight of hand while they were fighting. It slipped into Two-Face's coat pocket. It's like, we're going to track him. Where is he going? Oh, he's going to the Gemini 2 Gemini junkyard. I think you could probably narrow down all the places in Gotham. Let's just say every place with a 2. And the junkyard's not that far away from us, so I'm thinking that's where it's going. But we'll give credit to Tim that Batman probably uh, might not have pieced that together right at the moment. Uh, the radio, uh, again, uh, should be speaking to Two-Face, but uh, of course we'll find out later uh, why it's not. But uh, Two-Face is really relying on that radio to tell him uh, what he's doing. And it's uh, some people don't like the reveal at the end. Uh, that some people wanted to think that it was almost a third voice that Two-Face was hearing in his own head what but was thinking it was coming from the radio. I, in fact, like that it is the radio talking to Two-Face, but we'll get to that as we uh, go through the book. Then we have you know, our fight sequence with our heroes and getting Two-Face. And uh, Batman's line here on the uh, bottom of 20 that, uh, don't you know you can't kill Batman and Nightwing? And Tim says, or Robin. And this might be a place where Batman normally would probably not say anything but that he replies, or Robin, I think is kind of setting into him uh, that maybe the importance of uh, of a partner is is a good thing to have. And uh, I just got to point out that I've <laughs> noticed uh, the very first time that I read it, and every time that I read this, uh, the bottom panel on 20, Tim has purple hair. So um, <laughs> it just strikes me as funny as some of the miscolorings, but he definitely has purple hair um, where, you know, uh, Nightwing is in the panel right over uh, to the left and he's got the blue highlights like they typically do. But uh, Tim must have uh, gotten to Stephanie's purple hair color, although Stephanie's not around yet. And then we have uh, the discussion in Wayne Manor that uh, Bruce uh, kind of reluctantly but knows this is the choice that uh, he needs to make. Uh, bringing on another partner. Uh, one might think that Nightwing would go, or Dick would say, you know what, I, I, I'll i stay on as partner. But Nightwing's at that, that part in his life where he still is trying to figure out who he is, the hero he's going to be. And uh, uh, here is uh, this young boy, Tim Drake, that's in the right prime spot and uh, kind of knows everything. That if you don't bring this person in and you turn away this kid, who knows what he might say. He, he might as well make him an asset, but he is very intelligent. The way uh, Wolfman uh, has written him is being a very smart character and everything that Tim says, uh, he could back up all these reasons. And uh, Bruce could see uh, early on right here, that Tim is going to be uh, somebody he's going to want to have around. But is very clear on the choices that they are about to make that we are taking this very, very slow. And I didn't realize as a comic book reader that it was going to happen very, very slow as well. And then the final part here 
on the last page is the reveal that the voice in the radio, in fact, was the Joker this whole entire time. Now, some people I have talked to that you know, really didn't like that the Joker was there. It should have been a voice. But if you read The Death of the Family and then this one back to back, if you leave out your three, although I say read all three, but this book ends Death in the Family and Lonely Place of Dying very well that the last encounter Batman had with the Joker was death in the family. So uh, from the whole chopper uh, crashing into the water, uh, the Batman was fighting with him and they don't know where Joker's body is. He turns up here to let the readers know that the Joker's alive and he's already got wind that there's a new brat. It, it can't be the Robin that he had killed. It, it just can't be. Um, he's almost certain that it's a new Robin. So um, I like that, that it's, it really bookends the story. If you read those two and then uh, obviously slip in year three, I think it tells a really good story the whole way through. Um, If, if this is all the farther the podcast went was this, uh, the series stopping at seven, um, I would be very happy to say, I finally got to talk about my favorite story, Uh, of DC Comics of all time. It's one that I take with me everywhere. This book uh, just travels the whole entire house. I've taken it on vacations once in a while. And um, I have talked to my wife about it in great lengths. And uh, she's looked through it and has said, you know, I can see why you, uh, you know, like the Robin character and like Tim Drake. Tim is just a very likable character Uh, out of all the Robins. Usually when, you know, IGN or Newsarama or whatever comic book resource site that it is, or even on Facebook, they'll rank the Robins. And Tim Drake is usually one of the highest Robins ranked. A lot of times he's first for a lot of people that Dick Grayson has been Nightwing almost as long as he's was Robin and uh, Jason has kind of come into his own as Red Hood. So then you have, you know, Damien in there. But if you're just talking about Robins, uh, Tim is a really relatable. He is really covers the whole spectrum of all the Robins and does it very, very well. And in the hands of some really good writers, uh, Tim is a very good character on his own and is the first Robin to get his own solo series. Uh, something that DC Comics had thought about doing before, but they weren't sure that you know readers would be enticed in reading just a Robin solo title. So for a while, they kind of kept Batman very close into the book and that the Robin book really helped aid the Batman book telling a story that you know, Batman would send Tim off to do something else. And then in the Robin issue, we would get to see that thing that Batman is sending him to do. So after a while, they really started going, Tim can hold his own and uh, is an intelligent character. And uh, Bruce has even said in the comics that uh, he knows that Tim is going to be an even greater detective than he could ever dream of being, which I think is uh, one of the highest compliments that Batman could give anybody to say that somebody is better or is going to be better at what he is doing than what he is. And uh, Tim Drake just embodies so much of, uh, of what I love in a superhero. I like the, the teen side of a superhero that they have so much learning and so much growing to do, but they are, he is so smart and so intelligent. He 
is, you know, at this point, a 13-year-old, but he's got the mind of a 40-year-old, that his intelligence level is so high. And I like, even in the New 52, that they kind of heighten Tim's intelligence even more, that, you know, he almost has an eidetic memory and things like that. So we're going to cover a lot with uh, Tim Drake as this podcast rolls along. And I could just sit here with the mic on for hours and hours just talking about why I love Tim Drake as a character and why uh, why Robin became the hero of choice for me. And I'm sitting around in my room, which you can't see, and there's Robin stuff everywhere, action figures and posters. And it's all because of this book, this this one single issue, 442, but this trade paperback as a whole, um, you know, I'm sadly going to put these uh, single issues back in their, you know, short box that I keep them in. But uh, this trade paperback, I'm probably going, uh, I'll probably be buried with this <laughs> trade paperback. It's it's just something that I I love so much as, uh, as far as a book goes. Uh, if you have people out there that haven't read it, you know, uh, pick it up, uh, check it out. You could find these uh, issues pretty cheaply on on eBay. Um, the the Teen Titans issues um, were good. It was a it was more of a a connecting point to let the readers know where Dick Grayson was and the Teen Titans and kind of help sales. Uh, I only bought three Teen Titan books or New Titans. See, I keep saying it wrong the whole entire time. Uh, the New Titans. And the last one I bought was uh, number 65, which uh, we're going to do in the next episode. We'll talk about uh, 65 that really kind of... Uh, it puts a period in the lonely place of dying uh, that the story kind of happens uh, probably a few weeks, you know, after uh, the lonely place of dying 442. Uh, we briefly did uh, 443. Uh, like I said before, when buying comics, I was like, great, you know, we've got a Robin now in the next issue. I expect to see this whole training montage. So I bought that issue and seeing that Tim is only in a page and a half, that uh, it was just like Bruce said, and the writers crafted it so wonderfully that they were going to take their time uh, in working and creating this character. So uh, 443 is here that is in my collection just because I put it with you know this particular story along with uh, the new Titans that to say to read the whole thing, you know you got to read these couple pages. But hopefully you guys have enjoyed this. Uh, we are going to be continuing on through Tim's training. Uh, we'll be doing some jumping around after this point and seeing the steps that Tim is taking to fully become Robin. Um, I won't be doing every issue that Tim appears in because in some books, just like 443, he's only in a panel here or a panel there talking to Alfred or working on this or working on that. We'll kind of go into... Uh, full stories that really deal with Tim through the whole entire, uh, whole entire issue, where it's basically uh, Tim Drake uh, centered and focused. So after uh, this issue, uh, after this episode, rather, we will be talking about uh, the New Titan sixty five, which is uh, kind of a training day with uh, Dick Grayson and the Teen Titans. So we'll be kind of visiting the Teen Titans again and then getting into uh, some pretty big, heavy things in Tim Drake's life involving his parents uh, shortly after that. So thanks for listening to this episode. This has been a blast to finally able 
to get to talk about A Lonely Place of Dying, my favorite Batman comic of all time. Um, I will put this up against anything, and it reads very well. It's uh, it's fresh and vibrant as the day uh, that I first read it, and that's a as I drop something off my table, which you could probably hear as I'm grabbing the comics in my hand, that this reads as well today as it did back in 1989, 25 years ago. So thank you very much, and uh, stay tuned for the next episode of Robin Everyone Loves the Drake as we take a look at the next step in the evolution of Tim Drake to fully becoming Robin the Boy Wonder. We'll see you guys on the next episode. See ya. Thanks for listening to Robin Everyone Loves the Drake Comic Podcast. This has been brought to you by the BatmanUniverse.net. Tim Drake, Robin, and all Batman-related characters are under copyright of DC Comics. This podcast is solely for entertainment purposes, and I am making no money from it. Much to the displeasure of my wife. Sorry, babe. So no infringement is intended by this show. This also applies to all music and sound clips, as they have their own copyright holders as well. You can now find this podcast on iTunes and Windows Media as well. There you can rate and leave a comment to the show and subscribe. I hope that you do. You can also find me on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash everyone loves the Drake. You can send a message there as well. If you'd like to email, you can do so by sending me one at r10myers at yahoo.com. That's R as in Robin, one zero M-Y-E-R-S at yahoo.com and I'll read your emails on the air. Make sure that you head over to the batmanuniverse.net your home for all things Batman and Robin. Thank you for listening to the show and hearing why everyone loves the Drake. We'll see you in a few weeks. Take care.